Bibles, please uh, go to uh, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. If you don't have your Bibles, we have the scripture on the screen. But Isaiah uh, chapter 9, verse 6 says this. Um, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And so today we're continuing a message series called The Four Gifts of Christmas. And what we're doing is we're actually unpacking uh, the four names that the prophet Isaiah gives to Jesus before he comes in. And so last week uh, we were talking about the first one, which was Wonderful Counselor. And today we're going to talk about the whole idea of God being a mighty, a mighty God. And so uh, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever underestimated the power of something or the power of someone? Many times I think that we see God in a certain way and we underestimate his, his power. Sometimes we see God and we see God as like, a, like an older man who doesn't have that much power and we're like, okay, we've heard about this God and we'll pray to this God, but sometimes we don't have a lot of faith because we think that maybe he doesn't actually have the power that the Bible actually, actually talks, uh, talks about. In fact, sometimes I find myself surprised when God does a miracle. It's the strangest thing. Like I'll see, I'll, I'll, I'll hear about something, I'll be praying about something, God comes through in a miraculous way, and I'm surprised. But then I have to think about it again. I'm like, why am I surprised? You see, because we forget that God, he's almighty. That means he doesn't have some power. It means that God has all the power. He has all the power to do all the things that we could ever ask or even imagine. Ephesians 3.20 says exactly that. It says the Apostle Paul writing to this church, he says, Now to him who is able, God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. So his power, the power of God, is beyond what any of us could ever ask for, and it is beyond anything that any of us could ever imagine. So if you can imagine God doing something amazing, he can go way beyond that. And so I want us to think about that, and I want us to remember that God, the God of the Bible, is the God that spoke all creation into existence. I mean, just think about that. He, he, is, the, he is the God that has all the power over life and over death. He's the one that predetermined the moment you were going to come into this earth, and he knows exactly the moment that you are going to leave this earth. He's the one that knows all these things, and he has all the power. Now, the amazing thing about this is not only does he have all the power, but we have access to the God who has all the power. We can access, and we can talk to him, and he hears us, and he... It's not that he's going to do everything that we ask of him, but he does have the power to do all the things that we ask for. You see, you may push back and think about God if you've been in church for a while or you're familiar with just the whole church experience, I guess you could say. You could say, why why even bother praying? Because God is God. I mean, he, he, he's sovereign. He can do whatever he wants. He's going to decide whatever he's going to do. Why should I pray to this God who's going to know better than me? Why bother praying to a God that knows everything and has all the power? You may say he's sovereign, so why bother praying if he can indeed do whatever, whatever he wants? You know, this is so interesting to me because... because 
I understand that God has all the power and he's sovereign and he knows better than me. And when I pray, he knows exactly what I need. I know what I want, so I pray for what I want, but God knows what I need. But the, the, the thing about this is that when you read the scriptures and you read the life of Jesus, it becomes undeniable that there is a link, a very clear link between fervent prayers, insistent petitions, faith, and the intervention of God. You can see that over and over in Scripture. In fact, I'm going I'm to go through three, uh, one story and then two parables where you can see this direct correlation between the insistent prayer of a human and the, and the decision for God to intervene in a certain situation. We're going to start with Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 46. I'm going to read through this. It says this, Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He says, many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more. He said, son of David, have mercy on me. And then Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. He says, go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. So this man, Bartimaeus, got his answer as a result of insisting and persisting and saying, I'm going to keep shouting. I don't care what people think or say. I'm not going to let Jesus pass by. I'm going to get my answer. My question is, what would have happened if he would have given up? Luke chapter 11, this is a parable. Starting in verse 5, says this, Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend. And you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door's already locked, and my children are, are, and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. And the, Jesus is telling this parable. He's talking about prayer. He says, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of his friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity. He will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So he's talking about prayer, and he's saying it's like this man who comes to a friend's house, and everyone is in bed, everyone is sleeping, and he's knocking on the door, and he's saying, hey, help me out, help me out. He's saying the guy inside is going to be bothered, but he's like, I know this guy's not leaving, so I better get up and help him, right? He's talking about prayer. He's saying that's, it's kind of a, hu there's a little bit of humor in it, but he's talking about this whole idea of standing before God and saying, I'm not moving until I get my answer. Then Luke chapter 16, this is another parable about insistent prayer. He said, in a certain town, Luke 18, verse 2, he said, in a certain town, there, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who, who kept coming to him kept coming to him with a plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. So this woman, she kept coming back, kept coming back, kept coming back. This king's like, I don't care what anybody thinks, but I'm going to give her her answer because, you know, she might come back and attack me. So it's not that I want to help. I don't want to help. I don't care about 
this person, but I'm going to help her because she won't stop. You see the humor in it? So Jesus is saying, if these people who are evil are going to help someone who they don't care about, how much more will your heavenly Father, when you approach him with your petition, will give you an answer? So keep going. Keep praying. Don't give up. You know, the story of Jacob and the angel, some of you guys know this in Genesis 32, is Jacob who's wrestling with this angel, and he's like, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And that's when Jacob was changed, his name was changed to Israel. And the, the, the word Israel literally means he who wrestles with God. He's like, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. See, what I want to talk to you about today is, is about persistent prayers. You see, I love being a parent. Do you love being a parent? It's pretty cool, right? But there's stages of being a parent, right? Now it's probably one of the I would say easiest stages, it's probably the most expensive stage, but it's the easiest stage in a different way because we don't have to be always like hands-on with our kids. But when they were little, um, it was chaos. It was just chaos. And I remember they were so insistent. Like they were just like, dad, 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 and I'm tired. Like dad, 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 dad. And he wasn't going to stop until I gave him an answer. Sometimes I would, I would answer like, fine. I didn't even know what I was saying fine to. I just wanted him to stop. You know, and so the reason why I would just sort of give them whatever they, they wanted, not always, but there were moments like that, is the insistent. It's like a buildup until you're like, you know what, just fine. So Jesus talks about this whole idea of insistent prayer. If we, as imper- me as an imperfect father, am going to respond as a result of insistent prayer, how much more God with us My question to you this morning is, when was the last time that you prayed like your life depended on it? When was the last time you prayed so fervently that you're like, I'm not moving until I get my answer? You see, maybe you're here today and and you did for a while. And nothing happened. You didn't get your answer. You were disappointed and you gave up. Maybe you're here today and you're a little disappointed with prayer. You're like, you know what, I don't feel like it really works. Like, I don't feel like I'm going to get what I'm asking for. Well, I want to encourage you to start up again. That you will start praying again. I know, I know you guys pray. I know we pray. We all pray for the meals, whatever, right? We pray. But that we will shift our focus on, in our prayer, knowing that we are talking to the creator of everything that has all the power. And listen to what Matthew chapter 7, starting at verse 7 says. This is Jesus himself saying, ask. This is what he's saying. He says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. He says, knock, and the door will be open. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. This is literally Jesus' words. Now, here's the problem. This is probably one of the most misunderstood scriptures in the whole Bible. You know why? Because it could easily be interpreted. Okay, so Jesus is saying that whatever I ask for, he's going to give me that thing that I am asking him for. It's not what it says. He's saying that if we ask, we will get an answer. Not necessarily the one we want. 
But if you, if you ask, you will get an answer. It says that if you seek, you will find. Not necessarily the thing that you're expecting to find, but you will find something. And if you knock on the door, the door will be open. It does not say that necessarily when you open that door on the other side, you will find what you wanted. But you will get your answer. You see, the power of insistent prayer is not that you will get what you ask, but that you will receive what God wants for you. And sometimes we give up and we're missing out on the thing that God wants to show us. See, this will, sometimes when you pray insistent, sometimes you will get exactly what you're praying for. And those moments are beautiful. But you know what's more beautiful? Is that when you pray and you insist on your prayer and you get your answer, it's not the answer that you were expecting, but it's what you actually needed. So let's not stop praying. We should persist in prayer. Did you know that at this church, your elders pray for you every single day? Did you know that? Every day at 7.30 a.m., we have a Zoom call and we pray for the needs of this church. We've prayed in in a year, because we've been doing this for over a year, 260 days. That's 3,900 minutes, because we pray about 15 minutes. That's about 65 straight hours of prayer for you guys. That's pretty cool. And you know what's even cooler is that you can see a direct correlation between how God has blessed this church and the prayers that your elders have lifted up to God. So they have set the pace for us as far as prayer. And I want to encourage you to do the same. Because the problem is that many times we just go through the motions and prayer. And I talked about this earlier. Thank you for the day. Thank you for this food. Thank you for everything. Bless people. Help me to find a parking spot. You know, hey, I hope, you know, he answers. I hope they never call back. Like, stuff like that that we pray for that are just kind of like, we just lift up these half-hearted prayers. And we can go back to thinking, he knows what he's doing. He's in control. He's almighty God, which is 100% true. And we tend to take a back seat and just kind of let God do his thing. And even though all this is true, it becomes undeniable that there is something about insistent prayer that moves the will of God, that moves his hand, that moves his intervention, that moves the activity of God. And I I promise you, I don't know exactly how this works, okay? But I do know that there is something that prayer produces in the heart of God that moves his will, his intervention. You may say, Pastor, I'm actually confused because last week you talked about this backpack. You had this backpack and it was all your, your petitions. And then you take the backpack off and then you're like, hey, here God, this is all my problems. And then you just walk away and forget about it. So hopefully you didn't get from that, that once you leave that in the hands of God, that you walk away and you never address it ever again or you never pray about it ever again. That's not what it is. What it is, is that you've left all of your problems before God. And now you're, in your heart, you know God has control. And so you can persist in prayer. You can insist in prayer, not from a sense of lack, but from a sense of knowing that even if I don't get the answer that I'm expecting, I know that God is going to give me what I need. And so we insist in prayer. In fact, it's so interesting because that story that I was just talking about, remember the parable of the, the man who's knocking on the door and the guy is over here and they're all sleeping? You know that, that that parable kind of answers the question of how do you present your request to God? Do you guys know what's uh, right before that parable? 
there's a parable, but there's something that, that gives sort of the introduction to that parable. It's right before the parable. Right before that is the Lord's Prayer, which is so interesting. And the reason why the Lord's Prayer is there is because the Lord's Prayer is, is a very famous prayer, but the Lord's Prayer is not a prayer about you getting your will. It's not that at all. It's not about getting God to do your will. It's about getting yourself into a position to, to be able to receive the will of God with an open heart no matter what it is. You see, if I were to, to, um, to summarize the, the Lord's Prayer, it's this. You have all the power, number one. Number two, I want what you want. Number three, don't give me too much so that I lose faith and don't give me too little so that I lose faith. And then number four, let my forgiveness to others be a reflection of the forgiveness that I have received from you. So what is the Lord's Prayer? The Lord's Prayer is receiving and understanding that everything that you need in Christ you already have. And so when you persist in prayer, your heart is okay because you already have everything. But you can insist on these prayers knowing that God is in control. Let me explain it like this. Have you ever been in a toxic relationship before? Mm. Somebody raised their hand. I'm like, I don't, don't, I don't, I didn't, sorry, I should have clarified. You don't have to go like this. And you certainly don't need to point and no elbows either. But, but the point is, a toxic relationship, what is a toxic relationship? It's all about receiving. And the quality of your relationship depends on whether or not you're getting what you need, what you want. Right? And so it's not a good relationship. And we can, we can do that with God as well. You see, we can, the, the quality of our relationship with God many times tends to depend on whether or not we get what we want. And so the Lord's prayer resolves that. He's like, we're good. We're in a loving relationship. Like, we're good no matter what you do, whatever you decide. I trust you completely. So that allows for you to have the freedom to be able to insist on your prayers with the right heart, knowing that you are fully satisfied in Christ. And so, because at the end of the day, if God does nothing more for you than sending his son to die on the cross for you and forgive all your sins, and God does nothing more for you, that should be enough. Because if Christ isn't enough, nothing will be. So, this is how we approach Jesus in our insistent prayers. This is how we approach him. So, I, I want to encourage you, don't stop, man. Don't stop praying. Don't stop. Let me ask you this, when was the last time that you prayed to God with intensity, with insistence, with power, with passion? When was the last time you, you prayed to God with conviction, with faith, with your heart and with your soul, with everything that you have? You pray to God. You see, the promise is he will come through for you. The promise is he will give you an answer. He will answer you. You will connect with God. And he is able to do everything. He's almighty God. It says in Romans 8 that the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is alive in you and me. He's able. You see, whatever you ask for or even imagine, he can do that. So I wonder today, if there's something in your life that you've wanted, but you've lost hope for. In your heart, there's something there that you're, man, I prayed so much about this, and I don't know if he's coming through or not. I'm ready to give up. 
I'm telling you, keep praying. Keep believing. I want to invite you to rekindle that fire in you. You know what God put in my heart for this church? He put revival in my heart for this church. Like, I pray, and sometimes I get discouraged because I see empty seats, and I'm like, I don't even know if this is ever going to happen. But I can't stop because I believe it with everything that I have. And we've seen many revivals in the past, and I think there's likely to be another one. But I don't know what it is that you're wanting from God. I don't know what it is. Breakthrough and a relationship, healing, finances, a dream. I don't know what it is. And it's possible that you're here and you have stopped insisting. I want to invite you to start up again. Start believing again. Let me ask you this. What would have happened if blind Bartimaeus had stopped insisting and just let Jesus go by? What would have happened if that widow in the parable would have stopped coming to the king? What would have happened? What would have happened if that that man who was knocking on that door of his friend, he's like, yeah, I guess he's not going to open, and he just left. What would have happened if Jacob, when he was wrestling with God, would have said, yeah, this is way too hard. I'm going to stop. And what will happen with your situation that you're praying for and insisting on And you're just like, you know what? This is way too hard. I'm going to stop. So I want to encourage you to keep going. I want to encourage you to keep praying. I want to encourage you to keep believing. Because the promise is, if you knock, the door will be open. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ever ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. He is able. He, brothers and sisters, is able the almighty God. Let's pray. And Lord God, we, uh, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for just everything that you've given us. And God, Lord, I don't know, I don't know what it is that each person in this room needs from you. I know we all have prayers. I know I have one very specific one in my heart. Maybe there are people here that have been praying for a certain thing for years and have given up hope. But Lord God, I want to pray this morning that you will allow for us to rekindle our passion, our insistence, our drive, and that we will not stop knocking on the door. Because you promise, you promise, Jesus, that if we knock, the door will be open. You promise that if we ask, we will receive. You promise this, God. And we know, we know that you're in control and that you know better than any of us could ever know. But this morning, we make a commitment to you, Lord God, that we will not stop. Just like Jacob, I am not going to let you go until you bless me. God, we want to see your power. We want to see your blessing. We want to see what you have for us. We don't want to end our lives and never have experienced the fullness of what it is that you have in store for our lives. So we pray these things, God, this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.